Hello and welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Uh, I'm the host of the show, Paul Shocklessy, and joined as usual by uh, regular contributor John McMahon and um, Bally Moorman and Ted Furman. Um, Ted, I suppose it's probably an unbelievable feeling, Bally Moorman as county champions this year. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Like it's been a long time coming. Um, like again, it's it's probably a bit surreal in a way that you're not able to celebrate it properly in the way that we were a couple of years ago. Um, but again, it's it's great to be back on top, especially for the club, given its size and the the relative the nature of the players that we have as well. Like, and was it such a bad the calculus here? Sorry, you kind of broke up there. Oh, sorry. Um, just having the county lads first this year was it such an advantage. Come here, look. As as you've seen all the interviews afterwards and even beforehand with the lads saying, it's been massive to have them there for the four or five months, especially fresh as well. Like I think James said something there recently. Like when when they come back from Dublin, there's always niggles and there's knocks. Like but this time they were able to go straight out. Like and give it the whole hog so it's been fantastic and I, I think the younger lads have learned a lot more we're having them around so much like yeah and did you always know like the lads now were involved with the county did you always know from a young age that they're gonna go on and be that kind of player <laughs> uh yeah well look when you when you see the team that's there and the caliber of players that's there like i think the majority of the older lads, definitely with the team that I grew up on, have all played inter-county football at one stage or another. Um, and the same with the younger lads that are coming through now. They're starting with the team, have all been involved with a development squad or they've been involved with Dublin at some stage at another. Like. So I think all that potential now just coming together. And again, given the time frame that they had as well, training has been fantastic for them. Like. And they were able to just again get on a roll, and I think that's what they were looking for. That's what we needed. Like, I'll let you come in now for a few minutes, John, if you want to do. Absolutely, yeah. So we, we watched that documentary a few weeks ago there, Ted and RG. I was uh, I was blown away by it. I think it's just, it's a very very good insight into the club that's been running Ballymun. I, look, I think it's it's fairly evident, but how special of a club is it up there in Dublin, uh, Ted? <laughs> Come here for for someone that's in it, you don't you don't see how special it is until you're watching from the outside. Yeah. So to watch the documentary and to kind of because you kind of forget like the documentary was filmed over a year ago and stuff like that, like so you kind of forget the different things that people have said or you don't see the, what other people have said about the club and stuff like that. And I think just the nature then of the feedback that came from it then as well was absolutely fantastic. Like, um, so for me, it's it's always it'll always be a special club, and it's it's always gonna have a place in my heart, no matter where what I'm doing or where I am. Like, yeah, and like so the GA like in Ballymonted, like in Paddy Christie's impact, Phil McMahon's impact. How special of men are they uh, to you, Ted, and the whole club? Yeah, well, Paddy especially, like, uh, Paddy has helped me an awful lot. Like, Paddy had me since, um, as a manager, since I was eight years of age, all the way up to 21, like, and then, and then, but, like, it was just, it wasn't just his management style, it was his interpersonal skills as well, and how he dealt with any issues that probably I found or any other lads found, and I think that he was more relatable, he was more approachable then as well. And, like, the same with Philly, like, Philly's a good friend of mine, and, 
like Philly's kind of look taking on that mantle of obviously pushing Ballymun to the next level and trying to help the dis- disadvantaged areas and stuff like that. Like so, yeah, hopefully, like Philly hit the world's oyster at this age. You know what I mean? But uh, I think for the impact that they've had on me, yeah, it's it's great. It's fantastic. Like and Paddy in particular has helped me be the person that I am today. And so Paddy Christie over the years, like would he have been a lad you would looked looked at over the years to the dubs tether? Would you take your interest in him? Yeah, oh come here, look, when you have when you're at that age and you're like you're watching Gaelic football and you're going to Crow Park and stuff like that, and you're you're loving you have the full kit on, the shorts, the jersey, the socks, and you're like 10, 11 going into Crow Park and out Dublin are getting beat out the gate by Kildare, which is if <laughs> you're thinking of that now, like you're just like do you laugh at you like but um now look come here when you when you have someone like that with someone a role model like that that you're able to look up at you're going in you're seeing him in front of at the time probably 60 or seventy thousand people and then the next night he's up training you and teaching you how to kick a ball or how to catch a ball that's the type of person that paddy was so he was he's huge like and i like obviously he a lot of us would have he would have instilled a lot of principles with around gaelic football uh, how to play it and how to just enjoy it like yeah, just to come in there for one sec um for paddy christie was was it more at a young age more enjoyment to keep players playing with Ballymun rather than getting results uh yeah well, like i think when i, when I think i said in the document, like we lost a lot of finals going up like from under 14 all the way up to 21 before we eventually won one and it was the fact that we like obviously we were probably the best footballing team in the in Dublin, like especially at that age. But we just never could get over the line. We just we didn't have that, didn't have enough players. We didn't have that mentality of being winners. But like and, if, and I think once we had, if we had a one one early, we probably could have went on and won a lot more. But the fact that Paddy kept coming back was a lot for us, for me in particular, was great because. It gave you a reason to go back, and I think a lot of the time the only reason why I went back was because Paddy was still involved. Like, absolutely. If you want to come back in there now, then John. Yeah, perfect. And yeah, so we're talking Paddy Christie and we're talking Philip McMahon, but there's a lot more. You've your Dean Rocks, and you, it's a special. You've a special grade of uh, county talent there, or Ted. Did the county set up ever intrigue you, or were you always just happy to play with Bally there? Now, like, I sure was involved with Dublin up until uh, under 21. I played three years, 21, played Dublin minor. Like, I was, for any footballer, I think, across the country, their aspirations to play in the county. And just for me, it just kind of, ne- I never really got to that next level to say with the senior setup. Now, I was involved with the seniors for a while, but never really got the chance to push on. Like, but look, I think it, that's, it is what it is. I, I love playing football. And, and for me, playing football, I always go out and if I'm good enough, you're like, that's, you always try and perform and that's it. Like, and then if the man, if the call came, yeah, great. Like, if it didn't, well, then you're trying not to lose sleep. You have to push on. You need to know in your own head that you're good enough. Like, and so the current state of affairs there at the minute, Ted, like with maybe like a, a hopeful um, return of intercounty action at the end of October, uh, would you be hopeful off of Ted or what are you thinking? For Dublin? Or even for uh, every county around Ireland? Yeah, well look, I think you have to take everything as, as it comes now at the minute. If it happens, yeah, fantastic, but 
I think there's a bigger picture out there that lies are more important. Like your your health is more important than than football and stuff like that. Like, um, it'd be fantastic. What what better way to like if to win an all Ireland the week before Christmas? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. I think, I think and the way that, the way the GEA have done it this year with the club football first and in the county second has been fantastic. Like, what better way to play a championship than during the summer months? I said, like, the Inter County setup is a lot more, uh, at, like, further on where the pitches, they're floodlit, they're proper, the carpet, there's not, you're not running around the muck and the slock for as in a club. Like, so yeah, the, like, I think Inter County football in October, November is a great way to go. <laughs> you know, so I think hopefully we get to see it, but if not, I think we have to take stock of it and say that. What we've got so far has been excellent, like, and you can even watch it, the coverage has been fantastic with RTE and TG Carter and all. So the coverage you're getting to see every county game and stuff like the club games and see the standard around the country. And overall, I think with all the county lads back with their teams, you can see the standard raising across the country. Like, mm. so um, way, it's probably a shame that there's no club in the men's game anyway, the Len like the inter provincial the provincials and the all Ireland series like. And would you agree with the decision to kind of suspend all uh, club activity as well, Ted? Uh no, not really. I think a lot of you need to train, like you need to get out and you need to have some sort of activity like uh I know for me personally, like I have to do something when it's going for a run or going to like going to the gym and stuff like that. Like I have to be active just from my own state of mind, like my own mental health. So I think, and as you can see over the last while, the cases relating to football are in relation to celebrations afterwards. They're not actually to what's happened during the game like, or in training. So I think that's what they have to look at. Um, I think just, just it comes down to each individual, whether they have to be more careful around everything, do you know what I mean? Absolutely, and just to come in there, like playing with Ballymun, like was there a lot of teams in Dublin who taught nothing of you growing up, and did you use that kind of as a motivation if they did? Uh, I wouldn't say they taught nothing of us. Uh, I'd say they would probably just look down on us more so, because um, you you get a lot of stick like ah, uh, people who treat you as like a second class citizen, like you turn as I said, you turn because of the flats and stuff like that, and. Did did think they were better than you, so in ways you'd use that like you put like you put fear in them like and like, look, we played off it for years and it's helped us win games before because like nine times out of ten you had some teams coming out to Ballymun and probably five points up before the game started because they were afraid of coming out to Ballymun. Yeah, and then you've had many battles with Vincent's. Like, what's that rivalry like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, career. Look, uh, we've had battles. Career, we've we've won them, we've lost them. Um, to, over the last couple of years, Vincent's have been very successful, and, and we've been been on the wrong side of very tight games. And again, that came back to our own mentality. We thought, like the year we won the championship again, with we played Vincent's that year, and we beat them by a point. And again, that was the last kick of the game. Like, and if you look at Bar, I think probably one, one or two games after that in championship, did Vincent give us a like a actually probably ran riot on us. A lot of the games are tight, 
Like I think the following year after we won the championship, we played them in the final in 2013 and went to a replay again. That game went to extra time, and again it was the last kick of the game in extra time to win it. Like so, over the years, yeah, there's been some fun battles. Like, but I wouldn't say, like come here. Look, I think any time you put on a, a sh- short where you have Vincent's or Ballymun, you want to win. Like so, and if you're playing each other, it just adds to the rivalry. Like. Absolutely, like and Brendan Hackett's in this year um, as manager and. He, Heard him in a few interviews saying, like, for Ballymun, it was, like, John Small discussed it as well, like, that it was just back to the old days, training in the park. Did it bring that sort of enjoyment factor? Yeah, well, look, um, I think a lot of the lads have enjoyed just going back to basics. And I think that's what a lot of people just had to take stock of. And you get caught up in a lot of things, like, where like, where are you going to train? Like, go back to basics, just play and play football play attack like and that's the way it is like like i know there's a lot of thing about the dairy final and stuff where it's like four three at half time like and i think uh, you see the difference in the standard with in dublin if, particularly with all the teams a lot of the teams go and play attack and football and i think that's what what people are doing now they're going back to basics like if you look at any of the dublin players in any interview what they say like it's all about basic skills that's all you hone in on like it's about playing football hand passing right and left, kicking right and left, and basically on any pitch, giving the man in the best position the ball, and get but enjoying it. If you don't enjoy it, if you're going out, like if you're going to come off a, a bad loss and you're, you're going into yourself, that's not good. Like, like, again, everyone loves winning, but at the same time, you have to enjoy playing football. Yeah, and do you think that was really the Shackles were just thrown off this year? It was no defensive, just let lads go and express themselves. Yeah, I think just given the short season and stuff like that, why not? Like, and I think that's what a lot of people just kind of got into the head. Just go at it. It's a, it's a short season. It's a couple of weeks. That's it. Give it all and then see where you're at. Like, and take stock then afterwards. You know, like, there was no run-up to championship or anything like that. There's no league games. Like, we didn't, anyone didn't play any league game this year. Just with the bad weather at the start of the year and whatever and then obviously because of covid so then it was just straight in, probably one or two cha- uh, challenge games beforehand and then straight into championship whereas before you're probably playing like many years like all the years you're playing from january you start back to start of january you're not playing the later later rounds of championship till now basically like usually every year what date do we know we're the 9th of october so you're probably only coming into a quarter final now and then two weeks later then you have the semis and then the finals always the bank holiday weekend so it's a long year like so when you can just shorten that into a couple two or three months so what's the difference like that's what makes a huge difference when you're fresh and you're everyone's enjoying playing football and uh sadly last year the small's father declan small passed away he was really a huge club legend in ballymore was he yeah i know career like, deck was absolutely fantastic and uh, I've the utmost respect for the man and always will. Um, and he was he'd be sadly missed, but again, he'll he'll live on in the club and the legacy he's left in the club has been immense. Like, and you can see that everyone talks holds him in such a high regard. And just for him, the family, it's been like it's a special moment. Like, obviously, last year the league win just a week after he passed away. And then this year with the championship, he like he would have been front and centre in that, and he would have loved it. Like, 
And just again, he would have enjoyed watching anyone just with the shackles off, just playing football. Yeah, and his son Paddy put in some terrific performances this year as well. Is he possibly a player who could make the breakthrough? And do you think Evan Comerford someday will be able to fill Cluxton's boots? Well, he's getting enough time to do it. <laughs> like you have to remember, Evan's only twenty-one, like twenty-two. Like, and Evan is fun. Like he is, he's a fantastic keeper. He's keeping Sean Curry out of sight. He was, and like, and people forget Sean Curry was Stephen Cluxton's other study before Evan. Yeah, that's right. He was, yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to come in there, John? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, did, you like, did you hear what I said there? Yeah. Yeah, all good. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, all good. Uh, and so... Same connection after me. <laughs> <laughs> No worries, no. And so, Ted, I, I don't know, I, I know we there might be a bit of a rivalry over yours, but uh, Jerry McConley packed the bags uh, last week. What a player. Unbelievable. Like, um, he, I wouldn't call like, yeah, he's a rival player. He's from a rival club, but really, all you have can do, you can sit back and admire the talent that he is and enjoy him. And I've been lucky enough to play with him and against him, like, and I, best footballer in the country in the last decade at least like he's just naturally gifted off both feet and I think Philly Philly and him have had some battles down through the years like um but now all you all you can say is just hands up when he when he's on form just now stop him you can you can try and rip the jersey off him he's been tried many a times you can try butcher like you can try do whatever you want to but he's just a fella he's just driven he just keeps going and going like and for any young person kind of growing up he's and wants to play football that's the way to play it. Like. And yeah, like I was talking to uh, Conor Mortimer during the week about it, Ted, and we were kind of, we agreed that like he's probably like a once in a lifetime kind of player, what he brought to the field. Like, would you agree with that kind of summary of him? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, just I remember, like, I've played it, obviously, played against him since a young age. Like, and you wouldn't, like, again, you always, you always would have stood out, but as you got older, just things he's done with a ball, you're just, you're just like, fuck, like, holy shit. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> PG. I've heard worse. <laughs> I, but, look, I'm, try, I'm trying to be, trying to be here. My kid could be watching. <laughs> uh, but no, look, Dermot is, he's absolutely super. And I, again, at times, you like I've, I've seen, I remember one championship game, he scored a point, for, I think, from about 45 yards off his left foot, like, just coming in off the side, and you're just like, all right, <laughs> and there's just nothing you can do, you just stand back and admire it, like, it's just, yeah, super baller, and once in a lifetime, like, I think, obviously, with the likes of, like, David Clifford now, and Kerry, he's another one who's an absolute baller, and probably... Yeah, will he be as good as Dermot? Will he get to the height? Like, obviously, Dermot's ticks all orders and stuff like that. Will David get that? Will he get the recognition that Dermot never got? Yeah. Like, for a fella who, many classes being unbelievable, the best footballer in the country, only got two All-Stars. There's something seriously wrong in that sense. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. And you know, Ted, there, like, there's a lot of nonsense talked really about Conley from down in the country. Like, what would you have to kind of say about that? Because to be able for that crap to be talked about you and still be able to go out and put performances in, he did like even last year his pass to Kieran Kilkenny in the replay is just phenomenal. 
Yeah, well, look, come here. For people talking crap about you or talking nonsense about you, all you have to do is go out and play football and you turn around and say, and you just laugh at them. Like, and that's the thing. Like, over the years, you're going to get people put you down. You're going to get people slagging you. It's part and part of football. Like, you're going to get people, if you have a bad game, there's always going to be people talking shit about you. So, you, there's always going to be times where you could turn around and say, just, <laughs> you know. Um, and at the end of the day, what does the result sound at the end like? his accolades speak for themselves and for anyone like when it comes down to a game if you're getting abuse from the sideline it dep- it's how you can react to that like if you got if you're getting caught up in that yeah well then you're not really focused on the game so and where he was great was he can mix it but the next ball that came in he's concentrated on that like so and that's the kind of advice that i give to younger kids especially Coming from Valley One, like what I like, what we grew up with, people giving you abuse, and it's trying to deal with that. And at times, you you have to learn on the ball. Like, like you're gonna get an awful lot of abuse from the sideline, but it's how you cope with that. And at times, I would me myself, um, I would have lost the temper a lot, a lot of the time with the abuse that I got from the sideline. And then it's only now where I'm starting to realise, right? Why did they? Why was this happening to me? Like, or why was it happening to this person? And now it's just like, right, they're doing it for a reason. So sicken them with that reason, like, because they obviously have that mentality. He's a good footballer, so they think the only way to get at you is to get under your skin. Oh, yeah, he's a bit of a temper. Well, yeah, jog on. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with, like, that getting that abuse for you? Like, what, what kind of coping mechanisms would you use? Or? Uh, for years, I would just react to <laughs> <laughs> I would have just I, I would have reacted and got got sent off a stupid times and stuff like that like and like for years like again Paddy helped me an awful lot trying to understand understand that like even last year I let like I was sent off um for something happened during a club game where I was racially abused and I reacted to it and like now I can understand why I reacted the way I did. But it's still, you can never understand why someone does it. Like, and you're probably like, I remember having a conversation with uh, Jason Sherlock afterwards, and we're just like, I asked him, I was like, why does it, why do you think it happens? Like, why, what makes someone in their own mind think that it's okay for them to racially abuse someone or abuse, not just racially abuse, just abuse someone? Like, like what gives someone the right, like, and that this is just a supporter on the sideline. Like what gives them the right, and it's just it's whatever's going on with them. Yeah, it's their release, but at the same time, you're not going to, have to play football to get abused by someone on the sideline. Like, um, so again, it's trying to understand that. Like, and now, now I have a lot more a better understanding of that. If it happened, if the same situation happened, same situation that happened last year happened today, I'd react completely different. And again, it's just because of my own mindset. My own mindset has completely changed with my own because of my own mental health issues and how I'm able to cope with things now. So if I hear get someone from the, if I'm getting abuse from the sideline now, the the next thing, yeah, grand, I'll leave it off and try and ignore it. But the next ball I get, it's either going in the back of the net or it's going over the bar or I'm passing to someone to get it put in the back of the net. Then I'll turn around to him and thumbs up. And like, obviously this year with everything that happened, there's been so much focusing on with Black Lives Matter and everything. 
do you think that's the right way? Obviously, we've seen players, Sharo, Zakram, Budi, Saya, all these players coming out talking about times they've been racially abused. I suppose it will help racism at some level, but it's not going to stop it altogether. Career, look, you're, you're never going to stop it. Uh, and that's the unfortunate thing. You're never going to stop the racial abuse. And yeah, it's been fantastic, the stuff with, that's happened with the Black Lives Matter. But it's been going on for years, and it, it's... Why is it only now that it's coming to light? Like there's been bigger issues that happened over the last couple of years that where there should be more focus on. And I think it's just because there's a lot more people being vocal about it now that obviously people are taking stock of it. Um, so hopefully, look, the GAA are, are, and, and obviously other uh, associations are looking at putting plans in place and stuff like that. And hopefully going forward, people won't have to suffer that racial... And, Come here, look, you're always going to, people will always suffer something over the next couple of years. I know myself, like, before I finish playing football, it will happen again, like. And it's just, some people don't mean it in a way that they want to hurt you, or they don't mean what they say. It's just, it's just whatever comes out, straight out of mouth, and they don't mean it, like. But at the same time, they don't realise what they say means to you. So even though it might be something, like, simple to me or you, to someone else, that could be something completely different. And I could put them into, make them feel really depressed and upset or angry. But again, it's about understanding it. So I think the more people learn about it and the more people understand how it makes other, how, how their comments affect others, then we learn. And you touched on mental health there. Do you feel really like GA is it's nearly a professional game? And like losing a game can really get inside players' heads, uh, caught up in the county scene. Do you feel like there needs to be more of support, really, for mental health across intercounty and club? Oh, I don't. It's yeah. Again, it's not just intercounty or club. Mental health is just across general life, general general well-being. Um, I think my my issues have been very well documented. I've documented myself. I've put them out there, like. With mental health and where I've been with it at the start of the year but in fairness the GAA were one of the associations that really helped me become get to get to where I am now with counselling and stuff like that um but yeah look I think what what needs to happen is just people need to be a lot more open about it and just be honest with themselves and say look I'm struggling and again it could be you just picking up the phone to John there and saying oh, John I'm having a bad day today and it's just having a conversation. It's stuff like that. Like, and the the position where I am now, I'm lucky that I have people around me that I know if I pick up, the, if I'm having a bad day, I can ring any any of these people. Like, and like after a bad result, like just there at the start of the summer, I remember because I'd been out for a while and I hadn't played just again with the mental health issues. And I was going out to play a game where I got really nervous. And this was going out to play, I was going out to play an intermediate game. So, and I was like, like, obviously I've played for Dublin, I've played in championship finals and I'm getting nervous going into an intermediate game. And I was just like, it was just so surreal. So I remember I rang one of the, and I was just, I was getting, I was getting caught up and I was actually really going mad in my own head, like, and uh, getting really anxious. And again, like, it's that type of things. And I remember all I done, I rang one of the lads um, and I just says, look, I'm actually really nervous. It was actually, it was uh, Johnny McGee who I rang the, Came a goal manager, and I was like, Johnny, I'm actually really nervous going out to this game. He's like, What? He's like, Ah, and then we just literally 
sat on the phone for about a half an hour, went through what I was actually nervous about. And after speaking about it, I, was, I knew in my own head what I was actually nervous about going out and doing. And But once I was able to speak about it, I was able to relax and go out and play football. And again, it was just being able to have that, so, that someone there that I know I can ring. And so that day, he was that person that I could have rang because of the issue that I was having, obviously, about football or about different issues. I'm sure he could be that person as well. And I probably I know he is. But I have other people around that if I'm having a bad day, pick up the phone. And like again, I'm, I still do counselling and stuff like that. But so what I mean, it's great for talk to talk and open up about it. Absolutely, that's the way to go forward. And would you hope to try and break back in now to the Ballymun uh, senior squad? It's obviously very competitive at the moment. Yeah, but look, um, I'm still training away. I'm still I'm probably fitter than I've ever been. So, um, look, it's a, it's a fantastic squad. It's a great team. Um, I, and I hold no grudges against them. And I hopefully, we just have to wait and see what happens. Like, and Look, if, the, if I get the call, I'm there straight away, you know what I mean? I'm, but at the same time, I'm there for the club. Um, so, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. No, just uh, slightly touching on the, your uh, mental health um, over the years. Like, what's your story like, like over the years, like, Ted? Like, what did you struggle with? Um... Like for year for like I I would never all my mental health issues probably came to the fore in the last year, um, just with different things of probably just family life, work, uh, and just kind of own personal things like and ha- being around the different wrong people, going out every and again it was it's going out every weekend you're you're drinking all weekend then you're going train and you're getting missing training or you're missing work, and it was all these little things but it was an accumulation of things that came into one. And you're not known like people like it's it's kind of difficult to explain if you if you know what I mean. But like it was an accumulation of things for me really, and probably stuff that's happened from my childhood that I never really dealt with. And again, some of it was being racially abused. Some of it is losses and matches that I never really actually coped with properly. Just really bad losses that I didn't take great. Right? Again, it could have been roused with an ex-partner or breaking up with a partner that really affected me. Again, not talking it, talking through it. And it's just all little things like that. But unfortunately, what happens is with all them little things building up, they come as one big thing. And then when that happens, there's, you get into a stage where you just you don't see what's around you. You don't see, you don't see any way out, like unfortunately. And yeah, so like with that, like it took me to hit rock bottom before I was able to come out of it now like and I would advise and hope that anyone that ever feels like that they have no way out that they pick up the phone to someone and reach out to someone because trust me like for someone that has felt like that and when you come when you come out the other side you you look back and you're like things aren't that bad they're never that bad like and, and that and that's the unfortunate thing Sometimes people don't see it until it's too late. You yeah, know? no, I'm only touching on it because we've we've had some shocking tragedies in Cavan here. Even there last week, a young fella took his took his own life. I think he was only 20 years of age. Like, what more can be done, Ted? Because like, it's a really, really serious issue at the minute. 
Yeah, well, look, uh, as I said, like my my issues are, are documented. I've put it all out there. Like I tried to commit suicide back in February, like, and I was I was unsuccessful in it. Um, so I know what people when when you feel like in that you're in that situation when you feel like that there's nothing there's nothing left, like, and it's it's difficult to to come through it. Unfortunately, like I was fortunate enough that I was I I wasn't successful in what I done. But then what it was and after that, it was the people around me that I had, the, the support around me. The, and people that, like, when it, when it became public, the support that I had out of that, and it was people that I didn't realise that I had around me, that I would class as a real friend now. And, again, it's just real friends. And it's about picking up the phone, like. Again, now, as I said, now if I feel, I feel like I'm having a bad day, I ring someone. Mm. And... It's just, it's about getting your network close and small and not having this big, huge being this, oh yeah, right, this fella, he's good for a point or like it's a friend that I can ring, right, come on, we go for a bite to eat or something like that, a game of pool. And the only, the unfortunate thing is the situation that we're in now, nowhere's open. So you're going for walks in the park or with the lads that I, I could be close to, it could be going to kick a ball. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And... Um, like it's difficult to control and help people, but all you're hoping for is people open up. Yeah. And yeah. it it like it's really sad like, because unfortunately in their own mind, you don't see a bigger picture. You don't see outside of what's going on. And in ways it's more like I don't want to say it's selfish, like, but you don't all you're thinking about is yourself. You're not thinking about yeah. how it might affect your parents, how it might affect your partner. Like for me, I never thought how it would affect my child. Like, yeah. I, have a, I have a son who'd be four now in three weeks' time. Like, I never thought in that moment of how that was going to affect him in years to come. Yeah, and that's that's the unfortunate thing. So, what you're hoping for is like if people are really in that bad state that you can and like, and if someone was to ring me and out of the blue or even messing me, look, I'm thinking about doing this. Fantastic, that's your first step. It's opening up that you have a problem, and that's it. That's it's opening up and saying, "I'm struggling here. Like, I need help." Mm, and one last one last thing on it. Do you think us men in this nation of ours have a bit of a problem opening I, up? To- <laughs> I know where you go before you even said it. We have we have this men have this bravado thing that we have to do everything ourselves, and um, it's if I don't do it, well then no one can do it. Or do you, like if I say if I say or if I ring one of the lads and say look I'm struggling here, he might call you like he might slag you off and say you're you're weak or might call you like whatever they like but and that's the problem and it's changing that me- mentality. Whereas who gives a shit what people say about you? If you are struggling, open up. Don't and the person that you open up to, if you really if they're really your friend. They're not gonna put you down. They're not gonna slag you. They're not gonna pawn you off and say, "Yeah, grow up. You need to do this." They're not. They're gonna sit there. They're gonna listen to you. They're gonna go over to you. They're gonna help you. And that's where we all need to change in society as as, as men, as whatever you want to call it. Like, but we all just need to change our own our own minds and stuff like that. Like, and there's there's a lot of things. Like, it's not just men. It's everyone. Like. People say that they want to be nice and they want to be kind, but to be the first person off to slag you behind your back. And it's all that, that little things that will come back and you hear about, mm. which is unfortunate. 